Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. This is Amber Scotchburn from Parenting with a Twist. We're here to talk to you today about 13 reasons why not. And I have a guest today. This is River McDonald from The Teenage Idea. So you can find theteenageidea.com on the web as well as uh, in iTunes and all the other podcasting platforms. Um, So River McDonald is my son as well. And he is almost 17. Craziness. (laughs) Um, so that's is my son, River, and we are going to be talking about 13 Reasons Why Not. This is episode three for my podcast listeners and Facebook Live viewers. And episode one, we talk about what 13 Reasons Why is. It's a Netflix series about a, a girl who's 17 who takes her life. And a lot of the school districts were suggesting that parents maybe not watch it or really, um suggest strongly that their kids not watch it. Uh, We took a different viewpoint. We watched it as well as we watched it with our kids. Um, And we had some family discussions about it. So I invited River on today because the first one talked about the series. The second one talked about uh, school and the uh, mental illness parts of it. Um, the first one, as I mentioned, was about what the series is. If you haven't checked it out, Wikipedia it's, but it's essentially about a girl who commits suicide and it's a very graphic and our suggestion strongly is that you watch it. Uh, watch it previous. I would preview it first. Um, I would check in with your kids if they've watched it. Um, even if they say they haven't watched it, I would strongly suggest they've heard about it or they're talking about it. Or even if they haven't, all those situations in it, they've experienced in some way, shape, or form. There's rape, there's slut-shaming, there's cyberbullying, there's physical assault, and there's uh, substance abuse. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. I think that's it. Okay. So today's episode is going to be about uh, parents and a teenage perspective, hence me... Uh, bringing my son in. And I know I look so young, but I, I mean, how do I sure. have an, an almost sure. 17-year-old son? You look so but, young. But I do. This is my almost 17-year-old son. <laughs> so what happened in the show, and what I'm going to suggest to you is that the parents got wrapped up in their world. And so this episode's focusing on parents and what the parents maybe could have done differently. And if we're at home and what we could be looking for signs of, as well as where we have to end up putting our kids um, ahead of other things that maybe are going on in our lives. So we came up with a list before of the different things, and it's one of the perspectives that it looked like Hannah was suggesting happened was that her parents 
um, had some business struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and in having those business struggles, she was not heard. True. Yeah. Um, we also talked about that, the move. So she had a significant move. And that sort of displaced her from her friends, um, farther away. But she, she made one friend before like the summer, but then that friend also moved away. So then it was a tough time for her to try and make new friends. Well, everybody at the school didn't really know her. Yes. So they were sort of not, well, maybe some of them were trying to be mean, but it was just alien to her and them as well. So it was harder for her to integrate. Yeah. So excellent point, right? So, so one of the things that you could look for from a parent or as a parent's perspective is when, when there's something significant like a move, um, or like a school change for if it by via moving or via not moving, but a school change and being aware of that. And one of the, uh, solutions to that, we're so solution focused in this house. Um, is that letting the, letting the people in charge? No. So for instance, whenever I've moved my kid's school, which River has been significantly moved uh, a number of times, um, the beginning part in elementary school, we would have a really big party actually at Halloween time. So that kind of gave him a chance to get into the school, um, get to know some kids that maybe he'd want to invite to it. And then we'd invite, invite other kids too. Um, and that was just a way to, to integrate him. Um, I like that word that you used, um, into that. So you could do that. And I always had the best costume. <laughs> he usually had a series of costumes actually. Uh, he's still, as you can tell, really enjoys wearing uh, things that are related to dressing up. And sorry, I keep shaking it. I will do my best not to. Take your hands off the table. Okay, take my hands off the table. Good advice. Um, so talking to school people. So um, when my younger son, uh, Marley, talked to the principal, talked to the counselors, um, talked to the teachers, talked to the uh, vice principals, if there's a vice principal, um, and just be uh, making people aware, uh, go to the school, take them to school, do drop off and pick up. I know we, we work and it can be crazy, but if you can just do that for the first week or the first two weeks, if the week before school, you can go preview the school and where they're going to be and what classroom and give them some introductions to people, then just everything's not going to feel so alien. Uh, to them or foreign to them Um, and maybe there is some social groups that start right away um, like extracurricular type things that perhaps they could get in get in on and even if they're not qualified for whatever it is maybe they can be a helper Uh, my youngest son was like a a helper to different teachers and so that gave him a purpose to walk through the door and gave him another purpose to stay when he was having some some troubles around going uh, and adjusting in a new school um, and his principal was awesome and we set that up and, and she'd have like some tasks for him for the day. And then he got to know other teachers who then gave him some other tasks and, and he took that on. So it kind of depends on your child, but that would be good. Giving him more responsibility in his mind ways that he has to be there so that he has to do those things. Because schoolwork is just sort of always shown to you as like, yes, you have to do it, but you don't really want to. And therefore you don't really have to. Whereas if, if someone is entrusting an important task to you, it gives it more weight so that uh, you'll have to do it. Not just like everybody has to do this one thing. It's it's you specifically having to do it. Right. And so if you don't show up to do that specific thing, then really who's going to do it? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so giving them a specific purpose and a, and a specific role. Um, so just for those of you that are just joining in, um, this is Amber Scotchburn from P- Parenting and Tutoring with a Twist. And this is River McDonald from The Teenage Idea. And he just happens to be my almost 17-year-old son. <laughs> are you just going to keep mentioning that, that you almost have a 17-year-old son? I am. I am. Because some parts of me can't be- quite believe it. Neither can I. <laughs> Um, so we're talking about 13 reasons why not. This is episode three of my podcast and Facebook live series about this. And today we're talking about parents and teenage perspective as to perhaps why the character in that show, uh, could have chosen, made a different choice. So a choice not to take her life. And so far we've discussed that, uh, the parents seemed to be quite enmeshed in what they were going through. And so they did a big move and they also did some business uh, they were, they had bought a business. And so, you know, River can really relate to some of those things. And we just talked about moving schools and how that can be a transition and what parents can do to facilitate an easier move. Um, and River, how has that been for you? So you have moved, um, and we, you talked about Hannah not being able to necessarily integrate in and maybe it felt alien for her. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that been for you? Um, For most of my younger years when I was moving, it was fine. I would sort of, you know, find one or two people and be friends with them and try and uh, have at least like one good friend that I would always hang out with. Um, But once I moved to my high school, I never really found that connection again. I never really found those, that person or people that I really wanted to just hang out with and it was just sort of that we did. Um... Like it wouldn't be, it didn't, it didn't happen really. Um, but for most of my life, it's been sort of fine, but I'll, I'll move, I'll find some friends and then I'll move again and then I'll lose those connections. So that's kind of hard losing those friends because I don't really have any friends from my past anymore. Um, but now I have friends that I meet from like exchanges that I, I become good friends with, but then they move. So <laughs> there's a constant it's a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it's interesting because they do say patterns repeat too and uh River's dad was a military family who moved all the time and he he would suggest to you that he has felt the same way um about school um in terms of friendships. And um that's an interesting point because once you do get to the high school level, it's not like you can do the same things, right? So for instance, I gave you the examples of when I moved River when he was younger and then his younger brother and we could have the Halloween party and we could go to the school early and I could walk him through those things. Well, I don't think River wanted me to walk him through the high school halls and invite people to parties and ask them to be his friend. And um, So those points are difficult. So thanks for sharing that because... Yeah. That was difficult for you. Um, and so, you know, some solutions around that, still connecting with the key people at school. So I would suggest you still connect with um, the guidance counselor, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so River feels like he has there to walk into as a kind of a safe place. As well as my vice principal. He's pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, we connected with his vice principal this year. And uh, that he went above and beyond his vice principal this year. So kudos and high five and shout out to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, he, and how did he go above and beyond? So he provided a safe place, an open door policy for River to come in. Um, and he also looked at River's transcripts and looked at, 
you know, talking to the other teachers that got to know River and, and also looking at his own, like the vice principal's own area of expertise. And they put a plan together for River to be able to do some credits with him. So it would be, um, it would be, I'm not sure if I lost you guys for a minute there. Sorry, my phone rang, even though it's on night mode. Um, so what that did for the connecting with the VP was that the vice principal was that uh, he was able to dig into his repertoire of what he knew and then pair that with what River needed um, and they've made this great relationship. So that's been that's been awesome. So as a parent, you need to advocate. I wrote a couple emails and then I went and sat in the office until the VP would see me. So, um, you know, She's stubborn, you got to do what you got to do. Tenac tenacity. I've gotten that stubbornness, tenacity. <laughs> um, uh, kids are always watching you too, right? So role modeling that in a respectful way. Um, the other thing is the parents seem to be really engaged in their own conflict and, you know, as a parent, I can relate to these things. I've run businesses, um, from scratch um, I've had significant moves. I've had uh, my own conflict with partners, um, and that sometimes has outweighed. Um, I would suggest to you that it doesn't, it isn't the prevailing pattern, and I think that that's what we need to look at. So what Hannah was showing in her 13 Reasons Why was different reasons why she chose to take her life, and prevalent through those 13 episodes was the fact that she was trying to reach out to her parents. So I would say, parents, you know what, don't be beating yourselves up because there's been a one-off or a two-off time uh, where you're wrapped up in something and you can't get to your child's needs. That's normal and that's going to happen. What you have to be really aware of is that um, we need to make sure it's not a pattern. So in terms of that always happening because then your kids are going to feel like you're not there for them. Yeah. Um, so uh, some other things that we highlighted that weren't highlighted in the show that could be reasons why um, are blended families. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a blended family. I saw I have two bonus kids and two biological. Uh, River's one of my biologicals. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had homestay students as well. So we want to just ensure that um, it's not just the reasons highlighted in 13 Reasons Why. It's some of the other reasons uh, that we're talking about today. So what can you do for blended families? Um, I would say we've tried to make us a family unit. And so instead of it being, um, you know, Mike and his kids versus me and my kids, um, and who's going to win in that kind of battle and power dynamic, we've really tried to make it a cohesive family. Mm -hmm. But us, we would win. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would win because we're like superhero people. But yeah, I mean, look at the shirt I'm wearing. So I mean... <laughs> for those of you on podcast, River is wearing a Superman shirt. Um, so that's kind of funny. So, uh, and for those of you that don't know, when I refer to Mike, Mike is my partner, and he's got his two biological children. And as I've mentioned, we've got I've got my two biological children, and so together that makes four. And we've had one or two homestay students when, since we've moved in together. Mm -hmm. um, and so that could be another area of stress for a child's blended families. So there's tons of research out on that. I'd be happy to answer questions that you have on that. But that would be one of the things for sure I would say. Um, I'm just going to glance at my notes here. Um, so we've talked about business move. Oh, finances. 
So we all know as parents, finances are a struggle. And we have to really watch our language around that. So saying like, we can't afford that, not a good thing to bring your kids up with saying. Um, you want them to find solutions to be able to get the things that they want to be able to get. And you need to teach them about needs versus wants. But aside from that, what was happening is the parents were engaging in financial struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that was overtaking the fact that their, their daughter needed them. So, uh, you know, in those cases, maybe the parents could have went and did some counseling um, or kept those conversations outside of the time where their kids were there. Um, The other thing is kids can see conflict. They just need to see it resolved as well. So if the parents are going to have a heated argument in front of the kids, the, the heated conversation to resolve it or the peaceful conversation to resolve it should also be done in front of the kids um, and or at least be brought up again and not ignored. Um, So that would be another piece I would give as a suggestion. Um, some of the signs that the parents missed. Do you want to talk about any of the signs that the parents missed or that you noticed? Um, the fact that her appearance sort of changed, that, that um, she was really happy like one minute and then just sort of didn't want anything to do with anything not like in one minute, obviously, but over the course of the show, sort of how she had a downward trend. And then when she when she changed her appearance, she sort of went up a bit to try and give herself something unique and different um, to help. Um, but it didn't. And the kids kept being mean. And, and I'm not saying it's all the parents' fault, obviously, or anybody's fault in that case. But there's signs there that you can look at, sort of, how the person is feeling if she's or he's going in a downward trend and tries to pick themselves back up it would be helpful if if you could spend like quality time giving them what they need sort of if it's attention or support or just someone to talk to to give them you know a way for them to see a different path through this situation yeah and, and thank you, because that brings up a couple of really um, interesting and, and good points, that um, her mood changes, right? So as River was describing it, I kind of call it the roller coaster of emotions. Now we have to be fully aware that teenagers, we can't assume that all teenagers are going through a roller coaster of emotions are of in depression. Yeah. Because of hormones. However, again, it's the pattern. That's what I really, if I can get one thing really stressed today, is patterns. If you see a pattern of ups and downs and ups and downs, well, certainly that's something to be aware of. And that's what was happening over these 13 episodes from Hannah's perspective is that she was showing that she was going up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, she also did um, change her appearance, as, as River mentioned. So she had like long hair and she cut it all off. And again, I'm not saying that when your child does something different, But when that is coupled with the fact that these mood swings are going on, it's also coupled with the fact that all of a sudden she didn't have friends, she wasn't going out, she was lying in her bed crying. Um, You know, those would be pointing to some signs that maybe there's something not quite right. If you don't know how to handle it as a parent, uh, so we went through some experiences with Riv and um, Mike, my partner, um, River's bonus dad, if you will, <laughs> is, uh, he's not a trained counselor or any, you know, a teacher or anything like that. So I come in with my social work hats and my teaching hats, cause those are my professions plus my years of experience doing this. And I see things. And then he comes in with his hat of like dad and disciplinarian. 
haha sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> um, and doesn't and doesn't understand c- connecting those dots right so when rivers experience some downward spirals um, Mike didn't know really how to de- deal with it um, and so that's perfectly acceptable parents if you don't know how to deal with it the first thing you need to do is say hey I've got this happening and I don't know what to do um, and reach out there are always resources and communities schools should be you should be able to reach out to the school. So, you know, you could reach out to your families and uh, in the schools. You could reach out to counselors, again, VPs, as I've already mentioned. Whoever your kids' friends are, uh, that's another good point that I wanted to raise. So we've always, I think River would agree, have an open-door policy mm-hmm. for River's friends to come over uh, and all of our kids' friends to come over. And we want this to be the house that they come to, like the safe place that kids come to. And the reason why behind that is I want to know who he's hanging out with when he's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with Bella, who just joined online. Hi, Bella. <laughs> so if he if he wants to go hang out with Bella and I don't know who Bella is, then I'm going to be wondering that. So I'd rather know who Bella is and embrace who Bella is. And, and Bella is this wonderful, sweet girl that we know. Um, and, uh, and so how do you do that? Well, you can have games nights, which we regularly have anyway, have, have a bonfire or have a barbecue or have a family party and invite them. (laughs) (laughs) Bella's saying hi to us. (laughs) Do you want to say hi? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you want to do that. You want to have this inclusive home. It also, I think, provides a safe opportunity for those people. If they're going through a hard time, um, you know, we've had our kids' friends come and ask us questions and maybe they can't ask at home. Um, and that we want that so that parents see us as, or kids, sorry, see us as a safe place. And parents too. We always want to meet the parents and we want to have phone numbers, get contact information. If, if River or the kids are going out with people, we get their contact information because we want to know, <laughs> Bella's liking everything I'm saying. <laughs> we want to know that, um, where they are and who they're with and that we can get a hold of them. So all those are pieces that you want to make sure you're doing with your friends, uh, with your kids' friends. Um, and so we've talked about those pieces. I think the thing that we haven't mentioned, um, or, or sorry, River did mention is quality time. So do you want to talk about what quality time means to you, Riv? Um, quality time to me is more than just being with them is you know, interacting with them, um, whether that be like what you want to do or what they want to do. It's sort of just making sure that you have that, that connection so that they know they can be able to speak to you as well as that if they are in a mood or they are feeling down or even if they're just, you know, happy and they want to have some fun and hang out, that the quality time is there for them and you to really feel like you're connecting, but it also elevates your mood and your thoughts because connecting with another person, it releases, you know, chemicals in the brain that that make you feel happy, but also gives you that opportunity to connect more with your daughter or your son or um, even another family member if they're down and they want to hang out with you if you're their connection. That, that gives them that outlet to, even if they don't want to talk about their problems, just have time to get away that doesn't have to be contained within themselves. So it can give them more free room to, you know, express themselves, not through always 
words, but um, giving them an outlet for their mind, sort of to clear the path for them to be able to speak to you about it. Brilliant. I mean, what do I have to add to that? That was pretty brilliant. <laughs> He's my son. <laughs> I take full responsibility for okay. that statement. You know. um, yeah, and, and thank you for that, Riff, because what I, I'm hearing from that is that um, when you when people go down into, into different spiraling moods, sometimes you think, well, I'm going to give that person some space. And, and that's good for a period of time. But you don't want to live in that, have them live in it, right? So again, it's that pattern. If your child needs to go spend some time in their room, of course, have them spend some time in their room. But if they don't come out of their room uh, for significant chunks of time, that's where you need to get in there as a parent and engage them. In my book, Parenting with a Twist, um, I have the second chapter is all about quality time. And it was interesting because when Rev and I were doing kind of some pre-notes for this podcast and Facebook Live, uh, I said, what, what, what has drawn you out of times like that? And he described quality time. So that's why I asked him to describe it online um, because it needs to come from him, right? So this is my almost 17-year-old saying he still wants to have quality time with his family. Stats in my book suggest that it's actually quality of time, so not quantity of time. I'll give you a stat. Parents uh, these days, particularly mothers, are spending as much time with their kids as, as stay-at-home moms did in the past. So imagine you're working full-time and then you're still spending as much time with your kids. Something's going to go, right? You're going to go personally as a parent or your relationship's going to deteriorate because it's not healthy. It's like uh, when you have a cold, you don't necessarily, or you're throwing up, you're not necessarily going to be like, come hug me, kid, come hug me, because you might pass along that cold or that flu to them. If you're running around with a ch like a chicken with your head cut off, um, working and trying to spend as much time with them as possible, you're going to pass those stressful emotions on to them. So you as a parent need to realize that, and then you need to go, oh, but it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty now, because now you know that it's quality time. And as River mentioned, it's based on what you both like to do. Mm -hmm. So I watch a ton of um, superhero and other period pieces in history that I probably wouldn't necessarily always have normally watched, although some of them I love. Um, and we have these great discussions about them. And that's, that's River. That, River loves that. Um, on Sunday, I was going out of town for a conference called Mompreneurs, awesome conference, by the way, it's a national company if you want to check them out. And I um, was with, or we were going to go down to the lake and River doesn't really like the lake or coming to swim and he got on his bike and, and found us at the lake so he could spend some time, right? So not only is, am I role modeling that to him what quality time is, he's role modeling it back, right? It's, so it's that give and take of relationship. Um, and then the finding the things that you love to do that you both love to do, it's great too. Yeah. Um, but quality totally. time is going and sitting there watching those shows with him and discussing them. Um, quality time might look like going for your younger kid, going and play hide and, seek, and hide and seek with them or go to the park and let them tell you, let them be Simon Says at the park um, and tell you what to do, like go up the climber and go down the slide and whatever. It's, it's better to have 15 minutes like that then spend two hours struggling over homework or two hours or over that they missed curfew or something like that. And you're going to have less of those issues if you have more engagement time. 
Um, and then the other piece um, we've mentioned so far is that talk to their schools, talk to all the people at their schools. Um, we've mentioned quality time. We've mentioned getting to know their friends. We've mentioned not letting um, your uh, stuff essentially get in the way, your parents' stuff get in the way of your parenting, um, knowing that it's going to happen, but knowing that um, at the same time, that uh, you want to have friends over and get to know them. You want to be engaging with the school and um, you want to just make sure that it's not a pattern. Sorry, that was my biggest point in this is that things aren't a pattern and I just missed that for a sec. Um, I think the last thing we didn't mention and we will just mention it really quickly because I am looking at the time and we're going on to 28 minutes, oh my goodness, is that counseling. Um, and maybe we'll leave that actually for another podcast, but basically one of the tools that we've used in our home um, and we've, the kids have used in school is counselors and we'll leave that for the next episode. So um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Amber Scotchburn from Parenting with a Twist and I will want to say thank you so much for, for joining us. Any questions, please send them to myself. Um, at, um, goodness me, parentingwithatwist.com or tutoringwithatwist.com or any of our Facebook pages. Um, and, or you can... No, oh. <laughs> River at the teenageidea.com basically is where I am. And the teenageidea at gmail, gmail.com is, uh, my email for all my podcasting goodness. Um... But I think that's it. We're good. Yeah, I think we're good. So thank you so much. And I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen and watch. And so thank you so much. And we will catch you on the next video um, or podcast. So we're doing 13 Reasons Why Not. This was episode three. Check out episode one or two. Bye. Bye-bye. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.